everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me. What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 237th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we hear from Tom Fishenden with another installment of the Innovation Center. Tom's guest today is somebody you've maybe seen floating around over on Twitter or maybe even the Frontier forums if you're a fan of Jurassic Gaming over the past few years. And that guest is Bo Merritt, the community lead for Jurassic World Evolution over at Frontier. Now, this one was recorded a few weeks back, so I am so happy to finally present this one to you guys after just celebrating the second anniversary of Jurassic World Evolution. This episode is a really, really fun one. I think you guys are going to really like it. We get to learn a lot about Bo's history and her thoughts on the Jurassic franchise and everything. It's so fun, so stick around for that one. And speaking about the second anniversary, they do actually have a contest running um, over on their forum. So be sure to check out the link in our show notes for more information on the contest. Now, that contest does end this week, the airing of this episode, uh, which is July 19th. So that will end July 19th. If you want to check out that prize pack, don't hesitate to enter. Also, with some late-breaking news, we have some news to discuss. So I'm going to throw that in there as well. In the news segment, we're going to be discussing... The return of Jurassic World Dominion. So the production is going to be back and filming, and we're going to take a look at some of that news that popped up recently. But first, I'd like to take care of some quick business. As you may or may not know, we are actually doing a charity drive over on our website for Color of Change. So make sure to go to JurassicParkPodcast.com to find the post to donate it. If you look in our show notes today, you'll see the link as well. You can donate to Color of Change via our uh, our links on our site. And by donating, you actually get entered in to our contest to win from a an assortment of prize packs. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that information right now. So by donating $5 or more, you could be entered into winning uh, from at least two prize packs right now. We are going to be adding more to those prize packs and maybe even another prize pack stay tuned for more information on that uh just just look on our social channels we'll update you as far as that's concerned but right now there are two prize packs with an assortment of goodies um some really fun stuff some some jewelry there's uh a few toys there's an amber collection toy there's there's two art prints there's a primal pal blue a bunch of stuff from mattel so please go check out those prize packs and that is for five dollars or more If you donate $5 or more, you will be entered into those prize packs. Now, if you go ahead and donate $10 or more, we will enter you into the chance to join myself and Aaron Beyer on an episode of the Jurassic Wire discussing all of the latest Jurassic news and community topics. I expect that one to be really, really fun, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot to discuss. So that is at the $10 or more level of donations. Now, on our website currently, we do have the options for uh, Venmo or PayPal. If you go ahead and submit your your donations there, we will go ahead and forward everything to Color of Change at the end of this month. Um, These contests will run uh, run until the end of June. So as soon as June's over, we'll go ahead and pick those winners. And uh, so far, I just want to say thank you so, so, so much to everybody that has donated uh, to the prize packs and to Color of Change. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. Um, I've had a few people reach out to offer items for the prize packs, and that is amazing. We are growing these prize packs each and every day, um, and I am just so excited and so feeling so grateful that everybody is reaching out and donating money for Color of Change. It really, really means a lot. So again, head to JurassicParkPodcast.com to find the link for Color of Change and Jurassic Gives Back. And also, you can probably check it out in our show notes this week. 
Now, speaking of the website, over on there, we also have an article from Tom Fishenden. He wrote up a kind of retrospective and uh, highlighted a few things that you can check out as far as Jurassic World Evolution is concerned because the, the two-year anniversary just passed and we wanted to highlight some awesome stuff from Jurassic World Evolution over the past few years. So please go check out that article on our website. Now over on YouTube, we actually uh, uploaded a few things over the past week. Um, the other day, we actually uploaded a video featuring Jurassic World, the movie exhibition. I guess they added the movie into the exhibition title. So uh, Jurassic World, the exhibition as we've always known it, is going to be popping up in China soon. And they put out a wonderful, wonderful video showcasing all of the updates for the exhibition. I will be highlighting a lot of those updates in an upcoming episode, so please stay tuned for that one as well. Also, last Friday, we finally got back to our Jurassic World Evolution Dino Facts Fridays from Tom Fishenden. And uh, this time, we took a look at the Compsognathus, one of the fan-favorite dinosaurs from the Jurassic franchise. And yeah, he's been looking at uh, these dinosaurs pretty much from the Lost World and showcasing all of their attributes and a lot of cool stuff from Jurassic World Evolution. So please, go check out those videos over on our YouTube channel. But that is enough talking for the intro, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. So the big news this week is Jurassic World Dominion. It seems to be the first major studio movie to restart filming in the UK. This exclusive information came from Deadline.com and they're revealing that Jurassic World Dominion is going to be starting to, to shoot again the second week of July, July 6th at Pinewood Studios. So. Uh, there is a ton of information in their article. I'll try to sum it up as best as I can there, kind of reading through it as we go along. Um, so it looks like they're going to be spending around $5 million on the protocols to, uh, to get this thing underway, uh, to get people tested um, during the filming and before the filming. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on outside, I guess, of the typical procedures of a film. I guess they're going to be using a private medical facility called Your Doctor to manage the, the entire production. Um, so training for everybody there. Um, On-site doctors, nurses, isolation booths, 150 hand sanitizer, sanitizer stations, nightly antiviral fogs, more than 1,800 safety signs put around Pinewood, and the green zones for shooting cast and crews. Uh, masks will be obligatory other than while they're performing. So... Yeah, this is going to be weird. This is going to be really weird. But um, I guess, you know, anybody that has symptoms will be sent home. Um, they want to make sure that everybody is going to be, you know, in good health. And that uh, they says here that cost is 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 not the main concern. So it's it's a safety. That's a good thing. So the article also points out, for instance, that Chris and Bryce, um, when the hiatus began, they actually flew back back to the U.S. Um, from the U.K. And now when they go back to the U.K., they're going to actually have to carry out a two week quarantine. Um, this is per regula uh, regulations from the government. So this is actually not um, just based on the film industry or anything like that. Um, and, and it looks like they're going to have to be tested prior to leaving the U.S. as well. Another interesting note here is that uh, Deadline says that they understand that the movie's content is not expected to be significantly impacted by the onset changes and that there are not many large crowd scenes remaining. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. That's a really, really interesting note. Uh, not a lot of large crowd scenes remaining. So maybe whatever large crowd stuff they got to do before in the, in the two to three, four weeks that they were able to shoot before all this happened, maybe that, that could be. I don't know, were they expecting a lot of crowd scenes to begin with? Who knows? So bear with me now, I'm gonna go ahead and read through all of Universal's protocols for Jurassic World uh, Dominion um, as per deadline here. So it, this, this is gonna be a long one. Let me go ahead and read this. It says, the commission of a private medical facility called Your Doctor to manage the entire production's medical requirements. This will include COVID-19, 
fever and antibody testing, but they will also review all hand sanitizer, social distancing measures, updates to government, and best practice guidelines. Your doctor will continually update the production safety measures as the science and environment changes and will be available for cast cons consultations to review health and safety concerns. The studio has commissioned your doctor to test all crew before they start on the production. They will then test the crew at times throughout the production. The whole crew will be, be also antibody tested. Thousands of tests are expected to be carried out over the shoot period. All crew will be temperature tested every day and not allowed on site until complete. Two walkthrough temperature testing stations are being built at each end of Pinewood Studios with capacity of 1,000 crew or over two hours. Each test station will have complement uh, will have a complement of doctors, nurses, and isolation booths. Crew will be verified that they have been tested by a bespoke RFID system that registers when a crew member has been temperature tested. Crew will also be given a paper wristband for identification by security as a fallback. Additional temperature test stations will be set up on location as required. The studio is putting up around 1,800 signs across Pinewood and more on location. These will include reminders that crew numbers will be limited in various locations, the need for social distancing, six feet of separation, and one-way systems in operation. The studio is rolling out full COVID training program to be undertaken by all staff before starting. Universal will also do specific training for specialist groups, for example, costume and makeup. The studio is manufacturing 150 hand sanitizer stations to be positioned at points around Pinewood Studios. They are also putting in an extra 60 sinks. All crew members will be given an individual hand sanitizer bottle when they start. Production will double the cleaning recommendations and employ a large cleaning team who will continually clean all touch points across the site in addition to all common areas, toilets, welfare, and kitchens. They will clean with specialized antiviral sprays appropriate to the situation. In the evenings, all toilets, communal areas, welfare areas, kitchens, trucks, and sets will be antiviral fogged. Props, grip, SFX, and camera will use specialized anti-static cleaning systems. The studio is setting up a green zone for the shooting cast and crew, which will have an enhanced testing environment. The green zone will be policed to stop any untested crew from coming in as a further measure to prevent any spread of COVID. Universal will have additional security detail maintaining the temperature testing centers and a further team who will check crew are eligible to go into the protected green zones. Security team will be trained in COVID measures to ensure that the required operations are followed. So there you have it. That is a, a huge list of things and sounds pretty good i'm still very nervous for the entire thing i i know that the the virus is not done it, it seems like a lot of people are assuming it's done but it's not and this it just worries me you know knowing that so many people that we uh you know look up to and admire in the industry and and are you know, hoping all stay safe it is a very scary situation i guess to be putting this many people into close proximity with each other and um hopefully this works out hopefully this is a good uh environment for them to be in it seems like everything is is checking out here there's a lot of uh stuff on on tap here to help with the security and uh safety of jurassic world dominion and the cast and crew so if you want to read the entire article from Deadline, I know I kind of read you most of it, but if you want to check out the rest of it, head to the link in our show notes. Oh, there it is. There it is. If I don't innovate, somebody else will. Due to technical difficulties, all our exhibits are now closed. You are acting like we are engaged in some kind of mad science. And Zara here is going to take great care of you until I'm done working tonight, okay? Bigger, scarier, um, cooler, I believe is the word that you use in your memo. Any incidents? Yeah, six kids in the lost and found, uh, 28 down with heat stroke. All of this exists because of me. Just like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago. 
Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Innovation Centre here on the Jurassic Park podcast. So today we have got a special episode for you all. Obviously we all find ourselves in quarantine at the moment. It's quite hard finding things to do and kind of interesting activities I suppose. But one thing which a lot of Jurassic fans have been doing is playing Jurassic World Evolution. So I am very very happy to be joined by a member of the team from Jurassic World Evolution. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. It's Bo. Uh, I am the community lead on Jurassic World Evolution. Thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for making this possible. I think it's going to be a fun episode. So how are things Hi, going guys. for you? Things are things are good. Uh, we're, we've been working from home for, oh gosh, seven weeks now, seven or eight weeks. It's it's all kind of blending together. To it's getting to that point, um, yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. But um, yeah, we've just we've just been trying to continue um, some community activities. And, you know, I've always wanted to join you guys. I'm excited to, to finally make it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've, I've been doing good. I've just been enjoying my Switch, uh, you know, trying to take my daily allotted exercise wherever possible and, yeah, working hard. So, yeah. Are you on the Animal Crossing bandwagon at the moment by any chance? I am. <laughs> I, I definitely am. I've been playing it from uh, the very first day it launched cool. and I don't think I've missed a single day. It's been a proper uh, addiction, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm like really desperate to make my island as pretty as possible. I've started over twice, not not with the whole island, but just destroying everything and yeah, kicking out villagers. I, I love it. It's it's great. <laughs> See, so I should clarify. I've not played it. I've seen a lot of it kind of trending on Twitter and everything. So to me, oh. when you're like, oh, I've been kicking out villagers and things, I'm like, what is this game? This sounds so <laughs> cruel. <laughs> I know it does sound cruel. I promise it's very relaxing, and it, it's it's literally what I needed um, during this crazy global times. Um, it's just a nice way to, to kind of turn off your brain and just do some creative building and stuff like that. So yeah, no, that's good to hear. Cool. So um, yeah, so obviously, I mean, you've been kicking around for a while. I think I've known <laughs> you ever since, kind of. Jurassic World Evolution first came to the limelight, really. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, so quite a while. Um, but I guess for anyone who isn't really familiar with you for any reason, I don't know how they couldn't be, um, <laughs> sort of how did you first start out in the game industry? And then what led to you working for Frontier and working on Jurassic World Evolution? That is a great question. Uh, I will not tell you my entire life story, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, we, we do get uh, often asked, um, you know, how do you become like a community manager or how do you get started in the games industry? And like, I, I always start off answering those things by saying there's so many different ways into the industry. So um, if you if you are you know passionate to to get started and you don't identify with my story, then don't worry, there's plenty more um, other people who come from various different backgrounds and, and entry points. Um, but for me, um, I studied psychology and uh, media and journalism, and my uh, initial sort of goal was always to become a writer um, and, and go to England, which, which one of those two things I did do. Um, <laughs> Obviously, video games was always my, my big passion in life. I don't think you can be in the industry without being passionate about games. Um, so yeah, I, I, I studied that. I did an internship with a, a media psychologist and that was focused on gaming. And I started to think, um, oh, this is really, really cool. I can yeah. actually combine a whole bunch of passions and uh, there's an industry for me out there. Um, so after university, I uh, went to Germany to work for Crytek, um, and I was there for about four years, and then I got in touch with Frontier. Uh, they were very desperately looking for a community manager to get started on Planet Coaster for them. Cool. Um, so I did a video test, and I did my interviews, and I was like, please hire me. I love your <laughs> games. Um, so yeah, and then I joined them in, uh, in 2016 and uh, did almost exclusively um, Planet Coaster for the first uh, year or so um, when that launched. And then, uh, you know, still doing that. But then we got Jurassic World Evolution on our plate. And we've since also launched Planet Zoo. 
Uh, and yeah, also continuing to work on some other cool bits. And um, yeah, at the moment, I'm uh, also the team lead. So uh, I'm hiring other team members, making sure they're they're all doing okay, uh, and basically working on like the the top level strategies for for all of our games. So it's a pretty exciting job and yeah. a very lovely, exciting company. Yeah, no good. Kind of my story <laughs> cool i like it it's an interesting background i didn't realize you'd kind of come into it from all the psychology side of it so that's really really cool to hear and i, I think know. like you say it emphasizes to people that actually there's so many different ways of ending up in a career that you can never really see at the start of it so no that's really cool to hear um absolutely yeah and and i think actually for um for community management in particular having a background in psychology where you of you know you're focusing on understanding other people's thinking and 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 reasoning and communication it's such a great tie-in with the industry and and communications in general so i've only ever benefited from it which is which is great uh, my studies haven't gone to waste <laughs> <laughs> no that's good to hear cool so i mean i guess in that kind of standpoint it rations nicely with all of us jurassic fans because you can kind of yeah. understand why we're still so obsessed with these dinosaurs from 65 million years ago so oh gosh, <laughs> yeah absolutely um, I'm on the hype train with you. <laughs> good, yeah. Yeah, we're finally starting to get teased for the next film now. It's going to be good. I think mm, we're all very yeah. excited. Dinosaurs in the snow. So that's going to be cool to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on that kind of subject, I'm going to go from a really nice kind of easing you in question to something which I think might be quite tough. Um, yeah. I, I personally have a prediction for what you're going to go with. But I'm just going to leave it to you. So <laughs> if you had to pick a favourite of the Jurassic Park films, which one would you choose and why? It's such a hard question, but I'm probably going to be very predictable <laughs> and say absolutely, without a doubt, Jurassic Park, the first one. Cool. Um, it's just, it's the nostalgia for me. I love that movie so much. I'm... Ellie Sattler is absolutely my hero. And after all these years, it's it holds up so well. The dinos are so real. The action is amazing. The characters are so fun. The, the whole like plot line, the originality of it, like I just love it. Um, and there's just, there's a, there's a few movies that have a special place in my heart, but Jurassic Park, you know, is definitely one of them. And it has been even before we got, you know, we've got told that we were going to be working on the Jurassic World game. Um, so yeah, I, I I love that movie. It wasn't, no, good. It wasn't the hardest choice, but yeah. <laughs> cool. No, yeah, I think you make a good point. It's one of those kind of like, I suppose, almost industry-defining films where it's just so timeless in the way it's done things. Yeah. And I think that in that kind of regard, it's never really going to get old. So no, that's cool. So. And I think... Yeah, absolutely. Obviously then, going a little bit off the rails, but I imagine it was really fun getting to obviously work on Return to Jurassic Park, which is the most recent part of DLC for the game, because um, yeah. then you get to just go back and live in that nostalgia zone a little bit more. So I imagine that was quite well, fun. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Especially, you know, getting to getting to hear all the original characters' voices and for them to just instantly drop back into character. And, yeah. Yeah go on that journey with us i thought was was awesome yeah Absolutely. definitely it's going to be cool to see where they slot into the next film as well i think we're all very definitely. excited to see that yeah cool um so moving on to the game itself then because that kind of again lended itself quite nicely to that <laughs> um i'm gonna kind of just do some like quick fire questions but you can go more in depth if you want um because i think this will be quite fun for people to kind of get to know you from a jurassic standpoint um sure. Again, obviously, this might be informed by your favourite film because there might be certain uh, scenes within the first Jurassic that stand out to you. So I'll be quite interested to see what you come out with. Um, but I guess right off the bat, if you had to pick one dinosaur in Jurassic World Evolution as your favourite and only one dinosaur, I'm going to be quite strict with this, <laughs> um, then which dinosaur would you go with and why? So I thought about this. Okay. And I think I'm going to blow your socks off because I'm going to say the Indoraptor. Interesting. Um, yeah, the, my favorite dino overall is the Velociraptor, but they are so cheeky in Jurassic World Evolution. They're just like, I'm traumatized by Isla <laughs> So I'm not picking them as my favorites. 
So um, I, I wanted to go with the Indoraptor because I think it's so cool. I love the design of it. I love I love that whole idea behind that beast of a of a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, and when we went to see um, Fallen Kingdom in the cinema, we actually went with uh, with the dev team, which oh, was really cool. really cool. Um, and that scene with the Indoraptor chasing through the mansion and being on the roof, it was yeah. just so, it was pure horror to me. Um, and I love horror movies and I love those shots. And I, you know, I have lots of good things to say about Fallen Kingdom. I think it did a lot of things very right. Um, so I was really excited to see the Indoraptor coming to Jurassic World Evolution as well. So I think that's why I'm going for that one. Cool. If that makes sense. I like that. Yeah, no, that does. And it's cool to hear that that scene resonated with you so much. Because I think, like you say, that was really kind of a different tone for Jurassic. And I mean, when you look at Fallen Kingdom as a whole, it does a lot of things very differently. Because obviously it was kind of a transitional film. But I think that in that sort of moment, you got a lot of J.A. Bayona's talent really shining through. And it was just like terrifying to watch it for the first time. So no, it's cool. I know. Um, I realised that I kind of shoehorned you into picking one dinosaur, but then I noticed on the notes that I've written too, so I've kind of cheated (laughs) this a little bit. Um, But I'm just going to say my favourite is the Dracorex. Um, I always say this is my favourite dinosaur because I have very fond memories of the third season of Primeval, which was a dinosaur TV show. I don't know if you ever saw it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I have very fond memories of that growing up with that as a kid. And for whatever reason, the story arc that that dinosaur was in always really stood out to me. So I've kind of always said that it's my favorite. Um, obviously as with anything, there's always new dinosaurs being uncovered, so it could change at a moment's notice, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting at the moment. Um, cool. Cool. So we will keep moving forward with these questions then. And I I will be interested to hear how you justify this one. So, obviously, a big crux of Jurassic World Evolution is the mechanics between the three different divisions. So you've got security, who are very much about keeping people safe. Entertainment, who want people to have a fun time. And then science, who want to mess around a bit with science and make things like the Indoraptor. Um... Which of those three, if you could only pick one to kind of play as in a playthrough, would you choose to play as and why? Yeah, so I prefer the science path. Cool. Um, I really like the character of Dr. Dua. Yeah. Uh, and I just really like the focus on researching, improving, um, you know, weird experiments. I really, it was also the first storyline that I played and I just thought it was the one that I think stuck with me the most as well. Yeah. Um, and also, weirdly, I, I just like the look of the Science Center, which, which you, uh, you unlock after after you uh, get really popular with them. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think this is this is my my people. <laughs> I mean, none, all three of them are, are, you know, they're not perfect. <laughs> no, yeah. Horrible. But um, but yeah, I think I think I prefer just the, the, the story of science for sure. No, that's cool. It's been cool as well, seeing how kind of... I feel like Dr. Lipper especially kind of crosses over a lot more into kind of like the core canon. Like I saw, yeah. um, oh, I can't remember his username. I'll have to link it in the show notes. But there was a guy who wrote a five-part short fan fiction um, talking oh. about how Dr. Wu had made certain hybrids. And in it, it was her who was working with him to do these hybrids that led to things like the Spinosaurus. So it's been, yeah, it's been really cool seeing how fans have kind of become connected to these characters and have then kind of taken them out and tried to pull them into other stories as well. I think it's always nice seeing that. And obviously it's a credit to you guys that people really like these characters as well. That's really great. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love all of that stuff. That's really cool. Cool. So, um... I guess, yeah, next thing, obviously, working in community management, you share a lot of the content that other people are making in the game. And I know that some of the stuff that people do is absolutely incredible. Like, the way that so many people are able to use the paving tools to make different patterns just blows my mind. Um, So what are some of the favourite builds that you've seen kind of in your time sharing stuff? And what do you like seeing people do most? Uh, I was definitely going to say that. So, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if she still plays, but Liana on Reddit, yeah. she um, 
we, I think we call her lovingly uh, Crazy Path Lady. <laughs> she does the most amazing path art, um, like all these patterns or like creatures or paintings. Like I just, I've, I, I expected these things in like Planet Coaster and Planet Zoo, which is way more focused on creative building. But obviously Jurassic, it had like a tiny angle of that, but it was never particularly aimed at the creative community. Um, so seeing people like that coming in and taking the game in a completely different reaction with the sandbox mode was so cool and so unexpected for us. So really, really loved seeing that. I've also really loved the um, like racetracks that people have made. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's very, very cool. And obviously, I love seeing people's like horror shots. So using the, that photo mode and just taking like the creepiest lurky shots from their dinosaurs, <laughs> I think is really, really cool. Um, people, some people are like incredibly talented with, with those tools. And uh, yeah, that's, that's great to see. Cool. Yeah, no, I think it's been good. I think you've seen a lot of people really embrace the capture mode and obviously the addition yeah. of a lot of placeable props in Return to Jurassic Park, especially to kind of get really, really cool creative angles. And I always exactly. see people sharing screenshots and things and I kind of just have to sit back for a minute and in my head think, how have you actually managed to achieve that? Because you always have people who take the tools that are there and then just take it to the next level. And it's really, really cool yeah. to see that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, cool. Is there anything you've built that you're particularly proud of? <laughs> oh gosh honestly um my my preferred platform for uh jwe is playstation cool. and i am very focused on uh, as a completionist on getting my platinum trophy which i don't <laughs> have yet uh, but i will get it it's, it's my life's mission okay um so i'm i'm just kind of focused on going through the story and like doing all those things i'm not i'm not much of a i'm not much of a creative builder on my on my console i have to say um I, I do i do love i love watching other people do it so yeah cool no i'll accept that cool wicked um <laughs> i don't think i'm anywhere near close to like completing any of the trophies or anything on xbox i always sit there and like <laughs> every now and then you get the li little notification flash up it will say you are x percentage close to achieving this and i'm just like oh, i'm never gonna hit it it's all right you can just stay there <laughs> Yeah. Don't let me down. You can do it. <laughs> Maybe at some point. I do have a little bit of extra time at the moment, as I'm sure other people do. <laughs> um, exactly, yeah. So obviously seeing all that kind of artwork and everything and interacting with the community on social media um, and through other platforms as well, it's a big part of your role as a community manager. Um, yeah. But but what is the daily life of a community manager like? Like what what else do you get to do when you're not sitting in meetings and... All that sort of stuff. Ooh, uh, <laughs> good question. It's such a hard question to answer. Um, and it's going to be one of those uh, standard answers where it's like, no, no day is really the same. But it isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that we do. I mean, obviously, the, the daily things that we we, we always take care of is the you know social media, um, checking in on all of the channels, the forums, making sure that we're replying and talking to people where possible. Um, if we would be in the studio, we'd be preparing live streams. Um, I would be working on uh, like any sort of strategies, reporting on successes, um, influencer management. Uh, so like working with like YouTubers and Twitch streamers and stuff. Um, you know, making sure that people stay engaged with our game, um, that people stay uh, talking to us, uh, you know, that they have a place to, to go for, for um, you know, socializing as well. Like some of our games um, lend itself really, really well to, um, you know, to, to playing together or, or, you know, kind of escaping maybe the, the struggles of, of daily life. Um, so it's nice to be people as well where they can talk about that and meet people who are in the same situations or in a similar mindset and you know I know a lot of stories of people who have become super close friends through our games um, so it's also being able to facilitate that kind of stuff uh, yeah honestly that and then nice. you, you mentioned endless meetings already but yeah <laughs> there's a lot obviously uh, there's always a lot going on so uh, if we're um, if we're in the middle of a campaign as well, it's it's talking to uh, talking to the development teams a lot, making sure that all of your feedback comes back to that team. Um, you know, making sure that uh, future developments take that feedback uh, into account. We could be organizing events or attending events. 
it's it's a very vari varied uh, job. So <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just giving you like the top of the iceberg. Yeah, type this thing, is all the but, stuff you remember, but there's always going to be all those little jobs oh. that you never even realize are part of your job as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> no, cool. It, it sounds really, really good. Um, and on the subject of sounding really good, so obviously we moved this recording from the original date because you have something called Frontier Fridays, which I think a few yeah. people are familiar with. Um, yeah. And that's a really fun concept where you guys get to kind of chill out and just have a lot of fun um so with that in mind how would you sum up working at frontier because it looks like it's a lot oh. of fun over there oh my gosh i i just love frontier um sorry i just spilled something on my shirt <laughs> uh yeah no I, I i love it i love it at frontier um it's it's an amazing company they they are like a family obviously i'm a foreigner in, a, in another country so for me, it's always very important to, you know, socialize and, and feel at home and stuff. Um, and I can honestly say that, uh, like, I've never felt more at home than I have in Cambridge and with Frontier. Um, the, the team that I work with, they're all absolutely brilliant people. They're so talented. Um, it's just amazing as well to to video games that I play myself, because um, I think it's a lot harder if you're a, a, a public person, so like a you know a person who would go on live streams or or talks to the community, but you actually don't play your own games or you don't understand your own communities, um, it just makes your your job a bit harder, right? But yeah. I've never had that luckily because <laughs> I absolutely adore Frontier's games. So um, and, and and I think a lot of people at Frontier come from that angle and we share the same kind of passion. Um, so that's really, really great. And other than that, it's just a very nerdy company. We all <laughs> love to play board games, go to the cinema, you know, uh, like hanging out together. And uh, and there's a lot of that. And, and Frontier Friday is just a, a sort of small celebration of all that awesomeness that we do um, every, every couple of months where we just kind of celebrate everyone's progress, um, everyone's achievements. Uh, unfortunately, this Friday, it's not as exciting. It's, you know, we're doing like a pub quiz and stuff, but we can't actually party in the office and see each other. So it's going to be a bit different. But as soon as we're video back cool party, <laughs> yeah, as soon as we're back, it will be it will be a, a big blowout or of some kind. So um, yeah, no, it's cool. always good fun. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I think that it's nice because that kind of passion and enthusiasm really transfers into the games then because obviously you have that positive working environment so people want to be there and they really want to be working on these games and I think that shows. Absolutely. So that's good. No, that's yeah. really good to hear. Um, so we're going to move on to some slightly harder questions. I reckon All question right. nine is going to be the hardest for you. So I'll let you know that that's coming up after this one so you can prepare right. yourself. Okay, I'm so ready. this one I think is okay though. So I'll set the scene for you. You've been visiting an island. For whatever reason, you've ended up there on your own. And suddenly you realise that there's dinosaurs on this island. And the only oh. thing you have got are your wits to survive. How would you survive? Okay. All right, okay. So I feel like I've watched enough of Lost <laughs> to be very good at this question. Um, so, so you're going to look I for a bunker, very... yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, like a hatch. Where's the hatch? <laughs> Four, eight, fifth. No, okay. So I would say, um, I would say close to the beach for a while. Uh, I'd gather all of my resources and my fruit. Uh, see what I can do. Uh, I think I would draw a big SOS sign and make a fire. Um, I would definitely not go exploring into the jungle for <laughs> weird things and black smoke monsters and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so hopefully that kind of would keep me safe for a few days, but I think I'd probably die of something really stupid, like eating a wrong berry or slipping on a rock while fishing or something. I don't know. I think that's like 90% <laughs> of us, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would very much try, um, but, oh gosh, yeah, well, we can only hope uh, <laughs> yeah. that I don't encounter any, uh, any carnivores. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in that case, let's say that you can choose one of the following people to survive with you but you can only choose one. I realise I've written the same person twice as well, so I'm going to have to change that on the fly, so hopefully this doesn't affect your decision too much. But okay, okay. you can choose Jeff Goldblum, who obviously I know you're a big fan of, Sam Neill, or Laura Dern. 
Which one of those three, if you could only choose one, uh, would you choose? <laughs> well, first of all, how dare you? Um, all right, all right. I'm going to try and reason this out. Uh, okay. Okay. How, do I, how am I going to do this? All right, so I've met, I've met Jeff Goldblum, um, and obviously I love him deeply. Um, and that was one of the highlights of my life. But I think I can tick that off. Like, I've done that. It's off my bucket Interesting. list. Interesting. So I think he would be the first to go, weirdly, oh. even though he's probably very fun. This has taken an unexpected um, turn. I know, I know. Oh, gosh. Uh, let me let me think. So Sam Neill, I've never met him, but I love Sam Neill. He was in one of, uh, he was in one of my uh, childhood favorite movies called Merlin, which I, I don't know if you know. It's you know it's quite camp but i really like it (laughs) um so i don't know i just i love that he is like living his best life in new zealand with ducks and pigs (laughs) um so he's an option then laura dern i think is so cool um she's very talented i've also never met her i would probably not be able to speak if i met her because (laughs) she's like a childhood hero so I think I can avoid that stress okay. and save her for later and choose Sam Neill and just go and live with him at his wine farm and enjoy New Zealand and also have a good time with Sam Neill. Yeah. It's a good plan. I think that's, yeah. I yeah. like that. I rate that. I like how you brought in the wine farm as well. Good choice there. <laughs> so you it. get He's Sam great. Neill and wine. What's not to love? <laughs> exactly. Cool, cool. <laughs> He's actually, yeah, he's really nice. I met him at London Film and Comic Con a couple of years back. And he's, yeah, he's cool. So, yeah, no, I like that choice. Um, Okay, good, good. Cool. That was really hard. (laughs) Right. That was a mean question. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to have some fun ones here and there. It keeps it interesting. I am a little bit shocked. Poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. (laughs) I'll have to change my birthday photoshops next year to Sam instead. Ah. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Um, so I guess we'll go back to the game for a second and then we'll do a few shorter questions to kind of round it out. Um, sure. So obviously at this point, we've had a few different pieces of DLC released for Jurassic World Evolution, some larger pieces that have brought in a lot of features and then some smaller dino packs and things like that as well. Um, what has been your favourite out of all of those? Again, anyone who's been listening from the start can probably figure out what your answer is going to be. Um, but which has been your favourite to work on and why? Uh, yeah, so obviously Return to Jurassic <laughs> Park so special because all the actors came back together and um, that was really, really cool. But also being able to see people, um, like our players, recreate Jurassic Park yeah. in Jurassic World Evolution, like that's been really special. Uh, but I also have to throw in the uh, Claire Sanctuary, to be honest, because yeah. I thought out of all of them, that was the most original n- new sort of thing to add um, with, with the story and, and all of that. So I really enjoyed that one as well. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a toss up between those two. No, I think that's fair. And I think Claire Sanctuary was really cool because obviously you kind of had that alternate what if story. And I yeah. think... Um, with like Jurassic World especially because there's so many scripts out there now I don't know if you've read any of the like really wacky ones where it was originally going to have human hybrids and things like that (laughs) but there's like so many different stories that people really like getting those alternatives so kind of getting to see that envisioned was really cool and I think it was nice getting to spend a little bit more time with Claire and kind of get more of an idea of the DPG Mm -hmm. as well because obviously that's an important part for Fallen Kingdoms no that was cool um yeah absolutely Sweet. So earlier you mentioned ranger races and seeing some of the different ranger tracks that have been built. I know that back in his heyday, Steggs used to be a very, very good ranger racer, but I'm interested now, who do you think on the community team would be most likely to win in a ranger race and why? Well, if it's about winning, the answer is always Shante. There's just no... (laughs) discussion i think out of all of us uh myself and shanti are the most competitive people ever uh and and we 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 absolutely love 
competing and stuff, but she is very good. And I think she's got a couple of more hours on me because of the streams. Um, so I, I would give it to her. I think she cool. would win. So basically what you're saying is if you'd had a couple more hours, though, it would probably be you, right? <laughs> if I knew this competition was coming up, I would be <laughs> practicing so hard because I don't like to lose and that wouldn't happen. Cool. But, you know, in this hypothetical world, she can win. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> it might be something that we need to make happen in the future. <laughs> oh, definitely. I hope she's listening. <laughs> yeah. Chante, I'm coming for you. <laughs> there we go, folks. Live threats right here on the Jurassic Park podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm about to throw you another very, very tough question. And just know that no matter how you answer this, there will be somebody who will not be happy because it is the most divisive thing in this community. That's fine. I'm ready. T-Rex or Spinosaurus? <laughs> T-Rex, no question. Whoa, that was very, very quick. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, cool. Okay, we'll leave that there. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's That would have been my answer as well, so cool. Um, in a similar vein then, obviously you love Jurassic Park. If you had to pick either the Velociraptor or the Dilophosaurus... Which one of those two would you choose? Velociraptor. Easy, cool. easy. Cool. Wow, this has been a lot like firmer and to the point than I expected. I'm impressed. I know. Cool. I'm like. I feel like, like you've read through these fire. and prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, actually, the questions are getting easier. I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, in which case, if you could buy one dinosaur to keep as a pet, and it doesn't have to be any of those, it can be any dinosaur, which dinosaur would you buy and why? Very unethical question. All right. Um, so, okay. If it was somehow tame and socially acceptable to have a pet dinosaur without putting anyone in danger, because obviously you don't want that, uh, I think I'll keep a pterodactyl. Oh, um, interesting choice. Yeah, I think I think I could use it to be, first of all, my neighborhood scout, so I can like make <laughs> sure everything is all right. It's like a little security system. Cool. Also, I can send it on errands. Uh, I can go, you know, especially in this time, I can go and do my groceries, which is great. <laughs> uh, or I can send mail to my friends and family overseas. Very, very important. Um, but most of all, I get to have a pet pterodactyl. Like, hello, that's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd go for that. Okay, so then my question would be, how are you keeping it and how are you feeding it? Uh, so it would be it would be like a free roaming one. Okay. Uh, because I don't want to keep it inside. I would feel bad. Um, but it would be it would be so like attached to me that you know I could like whistle and it would come cool. and like hang out with me for a bit. Um, but other than that, it could just roam as long as it you know doesn't bother anyone, which it won't because I'll it'll be trained and lovely. Uh, how would I feed it? Uh, gosh, probably like. <laughs> rats like how you feed snakes and stuff cool I don't know. okay yeah anything that that like a, a, a pet pet store probably would sell that doesn't <laughs> i'm not sure they're to, necessarily uh, catered for pterodactyls <laughs> probably not but i mean this is the hypothetical dream world right yes so this is in true my, in my dream world it's all there it's all good okay. cool <laughs> i feel like you have literally just become owen grady now taming pterodactyls yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I have his looks, but um, or or the muscles, but uh, or the motor riding skills. To be honest, <laughs> I don't have any of that. But, yeah, no. pterodactyl. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'll take that. I actually don't know what I would go with. So interesting. That's one that maybe I need to go away and do some homework mm. on now. Um, yes, I'd love to know. Yeah, I. Mm, I don't know. Thinking about it now, you kind of like you'd want something vicious. Just so you could like flaunt it to everybody and be like, hey, look, I've got one of these. But then at the same yeah. time, I feel like something like a Triceratops would just be so chill. Like I could picture myself curling up with a Triceratops watching television. So, Aww. you know, you That'd know, like, nice. and plus they're in the petting zoo in Jurassic World. So clearly they're not that yeah. dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I'll say that. I'll go with Triceratops. Very cute. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Cool. So, um, obviously, I think we're getting on a little bit time-wise here. So, we're going right. to yeah. move on to our last question. 
And I think this one will be quite nice because obviously I know when we've got to hang out in the past, you spoke about lots of different things that you got to do during the production of Jurassic World Evolution. So I'm actually going to change it a little bit. So instead of being your favourite memory, I'm going to say what are some of your favourite memories that you've got to make <laughs> during Jurassic World Evolution and why? That's funny because I'd already thought of two. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy it wasn't just one. Um yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the big one was um, getting to meet Jeff Goldblum and, uh, you know, being able to interview him for like a good three hours, <laughs> being in a London studio and just getting to chat to him without any restrictions and just being silly and playing like weird games and stuff like Jeff likes to do. Um, so, yeah, we were we were in this London studio and... Uh, uh it was it was crazy we 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 got like makeup done and stuff and um we were waiting um for him to come and he walked in and i had my back turned to him um and uh my colleague ed who was there with me he tapped me on the shoulder and he was like whoa whoa jeff is here and i was like oh and i turned around and he was like right there <laughs> uh, and he's a very tall man and i'm a very small girl so i was like hello jeff like uh, talking to a mountain um and he is like hello hello and he shook my hand and then he um he was I think he was trying to do like uh, icebreakers with everyone because people were obviously like, he's got this aura. So people were like very intimidated. Entranced and by him. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was just like, oh my God. Uh, so he put uh, his thumb on my chin. I have a little dimple in my chin. And he just said, darling, that chin's going to make you famous. And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sure, Jeff, if you're telling me. Uh, so that cracked me up. And that just was such a funny icebreaker to just, you know, start laughing and kind of set the tone for the rest. And then he um, he had memorized a little fact about every single person. There were about, I think, 30 to 40 people in that room, like all production people and camera people and all of that. Um, and he had memorized all of people's names and one little fact about every single person. I don't know how he did this. I don't know when he did this, but he he just knew stuff. And he was like, did you know that Bo does trapeze and blah, blah, blah. And like every now and then in the middle of our interview, he would stop and just go, by the way, did you know about Sarah? And, uh, and just give a little fact. And it was just, just so lovely. And um, that was, it was just a really special experience to be able to do that. And I'll never do it again, but that was really really cool to uh, to be a part of and and you know for frontier as well to to allow us to set that up and 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 film that interview it was very cool um went a little bit of a tangent there but uh, <laughs> i think the second favorite memory that i have as well would be uh launch day we um we launched at e3 which is a very big uh gaming event in la in case in case you don't know um and we had an amazing uh show floor booth there uh, where you know lots of people were working for like two full weeks to to get that right, and um, Universal had lent us uh, all of these props. So we had <laughs> the, the original Jurassic Gate as the entrance to our booth, and we had Velociraptors, and we had uh, we were working with the uh, oh gosh, I'm spacing on their name now, but it's this uh, Jurassic car. Uh, oh, was it the Jeep Wrangler you had? Yeah, 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 and and they were from this um, this fan club, this community that oh, Jurassic Multiple. Yes, yes, yeah, and they're cool. so great, <laughs> and and we met them, and they were like, oh yeah, you can get two of our cars and display it in E3's uh, hall, and we were like, oh my gosh, so cool! So they gave us two of their two of their cars for the for the whole week. Um, that was amazing. They were so lovely as well. They were, at the, I think, at that time they were just recording their um, their fan movie. Uh, oh, which which is great if you if you've seen I'm sure you have yeah um, but uh, yeah so we we launched in the middle of E3 and uh, I'm not I'm not a person who is very much like oh I have to get great results and stuff but um, to be able to launch during a massive convention and being the most watched game on Twitch on that day and having people come up to the booth all day to say how excited they are for this game and watching everyone's reaction live on the floor. Um, that's such a great thing to be a part of. And that was such a great result for us as a studio as well. Um, so that that's definitely one of, you know, another one of my favorite memories um, yeah. on, on the game. Yeah. No, I think sure. that's really good to hear as well. And I think that, <laughs> 
whoever worked on that trailer especially did a really really fantastic oh. job of just hooking people like the way it showed the mechanics in such a creative way with the ACU helicopter kind of flying in at the same time yeah. as fences were being built and then that bit at the end with just like the iconic breakout scene I think I was know. exactly what people have been wanting to see for so long and um, yeah and I know for me it had me really excited because I've never actually played Operation Genesis so for me, it was kind of like my first park building game where I was like, okay, this is cool. I actually get to go in and kind mm-hmm. of create it how I envision things. No, it was really good. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be very, very excited to see what comes next as well. So yeah, well, f- thank you so much for taking the time out to kind of have a little chat and have a catch up. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope that people have enjoyed getting the chance to kind of hear a little bit more from you as well and perhaps get to know you a little bit more as well because I think that obviously you work on the community front every day but it can be really, really difficult with how many messages there are for people to sometimes get to really know you properly. So hopefully sure. this will give people in, like some insight into your background with Jurassic, what you enjoy so much about it and stuff like that and hopefully you'll have people coming up to you and asking why you chose Sam Neill over Jeff Goldblum now as well. So. <laughs> I know, I really hope I haven't like upset anyone. I, I definitely didn't intend to, uh, but yeah, I tried to reason it, but it's, it's they're evil questions. Man. I <laughs> they are, can, yeah. Know, You're not going to want to record with me again now. <laughs> <laughs> I want more difficult questions next time. Oh, Even more difficult. That's a challenge. Yeah. That's a challenge. <laughs> I'll just be... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's some homework for me. I'll go away and come up with some more difficult questions for sure. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it. So why don't you let everyone listening in know where they can kind of find you and where they can see what's going on with Jurassic World Evolution at the moment? Oh, sure. Yeah. So if you are on Twitter, you can find me uh, at BoMarit89. And you can find all of the info for the game at... Uh, JW underscore evolution uh, and all the other handles for like Instagram and Facebook and stuff is just Jurassic World Evolution or JurassicWorldEvolution.com that's where all the info is so uh, yeah go check it out if you haven't yet and hope to hear from everyone let me know what you think and if you have any more uh, you know fun questions that I can answer I'd love to do that <laughs> cool. we should get like a live Twitter Q&A or something going on yeah sure <laughs> yeah oh <my> <laughs> That could be interesting. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, Bo. It's been great. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That has been another episode of the Innovation Centre. I really hope that you have all enjoyed today's episode. And we will be back with more very soon. So take care out there. Stay safe. And remember, stay safe, stay Jurassic. Thank you for listening to the 237th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thanks so much to Tom and to Bo uh, for this episode. It was so great to finally have Bo in a proper segment here on the Jurassic Park Podcast. And I know we've had her on in little segments here and there. But finally, uh, to learn so much more about her and her history and uh, what she thinks about Jurassic, it was really, really awesome to have her. And thank you so much to Tom for setting this entire thing up. So, yeah, it was really great. And I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. Again, be sure to head to JurassicParkPodcast.com to find Jurassic Gives Back, where we're going to be donating money to Color of Change. So please go donate to be entered in to win from uh, several prize packs in the chance to be on the Jurassic Park podcast with myself and Aaron. Uh, We've had so many people already donating, and we really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear from each and every person this week. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So thank you so much, and I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Take it away. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. 
Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.